to record it, so I'm pausing now. Yeah, we are recording right now. Right, this is take 12. I usually don't share these type of things with people. Nowadays, you really can't trust anyone with your ideas. But I've compiled a few stories that I felt the world could use. I mean, since it's going to be on the podcast, and I'll just give out my most noted name. I'm an artist. That's my drag performance artist name is an artist. Um, I'm in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Uh, 26 years old. Uh, what else? Age, sex, location. How did I create an artist? Basically, I always knew that I was an artist. I never had any training. I knew I wanted to be called an artist. So I just made myself an artist. And that's literally where the name came from. Among other things, I thought that it was a marketable name. I thought that it's something that um, it could give me a lot of variety in my performances. But most of all, it made people have to call me an artist, whether they saw me as that or not. Just kind of getting up close and personal with human beings and also like unapologetically sharing your point of view with another human being. I do that in my everyday life occasionally, uh, but not really. I'm more like uh, concerned with how people feel and I, I don't want to uh, step on anybody's toes or like shake, shake anybody too much. But when I'm an artist and I'm on stage, it's like that's like my time to have like my ministry almost. And it's like, uh, not that I'm trying to be like preachy or anything like that, but it's just like that's a, this is like my music tool of expression. Um, so it can it, it can range from anything that I feel personally connected to. But I've had really great performances from music that was chosen for me that I hated that I didn't want to do. Um, and I like found a way to like make that story personal and make it something that I love and make it a performance that I love and that other people love too. repeat right now what what have i been listening to well i mean i <laughs> i can't, i couldn't stop listening to solange uh i thought her a seat at the table album was brilliant and i'm still on that and i'll never <laughs> i don't think i'll ever be off that album what do i like about it it's um beautifully uplifting and um 
inspiring and it makes me proud of myself and proud of her and proud of black people in general for just being able to stand strong as like as as people and like just surviving like we're like survivors of a shitty um disposition Okay. All right, let's do this. Right. Maggie, all up in your speaker. Sounding utterly unfamiliar. All the comforts of home. Going up. Why don't you say what you mean? When you're aware, it's knowing that there are people who are sharing. Yeah, sharing. Mm, mm, mm. Sharing all your fear. said in the bed and it shouldn't change just because you're wed that's right you heard me to stand up when it counts why can't you give in just cause it's nice it's all in fun don't you know <laughs> yeah it can be fun don't you know you know it's having fun that you grow
don't you say what you mean, baby. Cause I didn't understand what you said. Just be aware that there are people who are trying, all trying to share. You hear that? They're sharing all of their fears. You know what that's about? I told you everything is said in the bed. Everything, and it shouldn't change because you're wed. It's all the same.
Okay, um, I'm Aquaya Grant, aka Lady Blacktronica, aka Feminist, and what was the other? Uh, my artistic, what'd you say? My artistic expression, a uh, producer, a DJ, a singer, and a graphic designer. So. <laughs> thing is that actually like all that music was made between two and five years ago (laughs) so it's like even though like the music is old it's not like it's old even for me you know but um but a lot of times i'm just like like will people please stop asking me about this old record don't you know like i have like so many records you know like (laughs) And I feel sometimes like I'm like tied to this sound that I'm not really interested in anymore. And sometimes I feel like um, very limited when my vision has already gone way beyond that, you know? I was in a relationship with somebody who um, I was struggling because they're like really a loner and I, we were fighting all the time because I wanted to spend more time with them. And they were struggling to give me the time that I needed and I was struggling to give them the space that they needed. The track, Don't Know Why I Said It, For Lot. For Lot means sorry in Swedish and the person is Swedish. We had been arguing and I said a lot of terrible things to him and I didn't mean to say them. And this is like, you know, when you're hurt and then I had to go to London. So when I came back, I made that song. The album was be called For Loat. And it's supposed to be dedicated to my ex, but the um, the guy from from the label did not do the album the way that I wanted to. That um, which kind of upsets me because it's not as personal as I wanted it to be. Because um, really, it's supposed to be sort of a letter, you know, sort of like make amends, you know, from my side of the fucked up relationship. speaker sounding utterly unfamiliar all the comforts of home going up
before I I did kind of feel like I was I was like like pretty quiet. Um, <clears throat> like I wouldn't want to like like make people mad, get on people's nerves, like that type of thing. But you know, really growing up and then learning about like being black and you know being being queer and, and learning about like you know like my history from from all sides, it just really makes me feel like that that I'm here to to produce art and to produce work and to show things to the world. And so now I just feel like, you know, I don't care if you like it or not, I'm going to put it out. And so uh, luckily, thank goodness so far, it's 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 all been successful and I've gotten, you know, great, great reviews and, you know, um, people from like like celebrities have, have been contacting me, uh, media, Um, that's a no, no, no. Yeah, um, that's a really good question. Actually, I've never thought about that. Um, so if I had to answer off the top of my head, um, I, I would say. <laughs> All right, let me see. Hold on, let me see how to switch. It. Let me see. Hold on, let me see how to switch. It. Yes, all right, great. In my opinion, um, music is one of the key elements to voguing. Music really helps to determine the type of story that you're telling. If the music is softer, you know, maybe your vogue will be a bit softer. But if the music is dramatic, you know, your vogue could be more dramatic. Um, sure. My name is Kamar Jewel. I currently live in New York City, and I am a director and choreographer. Voguing uh, has actually been around for decades and decades. Voguing has actually been around for decades and decades and decades. And it started just from people imitating poses from models out of magazines. People taking form of those dance moves and really just putting it into a story. And so for me, what voguing is, is that voguing is a cohesive story. No one can tell you what that story is for you. You really have to make that story as you go. It started out of New York, out in Harlem, and it was by queer people of color. And it was just some dance and self-expression to kind of like, you know, like tell stories and kind of like throw shade and, you know, be funny. And in the 60s, a lot of uh, drag queens and trans women of color started their own pageantry system that was kind of un like underground. And so Bogan kind of got integrated into those type of system, type of like events. And now we know them as like balls and like the ballroom scene that includes a lot of Bogan related. In Voguing, there are five main elements. One, hand performance, which is like using your hands to kind of like tell stories and, you know, navigate. Two, catwalking, which is like a very like feminine movement, just trying to like move around the space. Three, duck walking, which is that like really, really low level move where people are kind of hopping. 
floor performance, which kind of lets people use the floor as a canvas to kind of like roll and move and show off their their sexuality and their sensuality. Five dips, which is where people actually like hit the floor and you know things like that. But there are so many ways that you can do all those elements that I just named. So it's really nice to kind of sit and watch people roll because it's really good to see how they put their spin on those elements. I wonder if I come to you. No, yeah, no, I'm dreaming. It is very, very difficult, especially when we talk about funding, uh, because a lot of these projects are funded out of my own pocket. There really aren't people out here giving out grants for voguing and for, you know, like having like 20 black gay people do a video or do a show. The fact that we're kind of against a lot of odds, um, it's a bad thing in terms of like funding and press sometimes, but once we kind of get off of our feet, it's a great thing because we can do it our own way, which is always unapologetic. All up in your speaker. Sounding utterly unfamiliar. All the comforts of home going up.
This is the last track for the show. Thank you for keeping us company. Big thanks to our friends and artist Lady Black Tronica and Kimajo. Please consider leaving us some kind of digital footprint, preferably in the form of a like or comment. Maybe if you're feeling brave. Share us with one of your mates. www.maggiesroof.aerial.com Please be safe getting home. Love you lots. <laughs>